0: Greetings. This is Douglas Gimple, Sr. Portfolio Specialist at Diamond Hill Capital Management, and this is Understanding Edge. Joining me today is Chris Bingaman, Portfolio Manager on the Long Short Strategy, who works alongside Co-Portfolio Manager Jason Downey and Assistant Portfolio Managers Nate Palmer and Chuck Bath. Chris also serves as the Assistant Portfolio Manager on the Mid-Cap Strategy at Diamond Hill. Chris has been at Diamond Hill since the beginning, joining the firm in 2001 as one of its first employees. Chris also served as the chief executive officer for the firm over the past four years, but recently relinquished those responsibilities to new CEO and president Heather Brilliant to focus solely on investment management. In today's discussion, Chris and I will cover his formative years of value investing, the philosophy and process of the long-short strategy, the importance of capacity, and the potential fit for the strategy within a client's asset allocation. Thank you and enjoy. Chris, thank you for joining me. In prepping for this podcast, I read in your interview in Barron's earlier this year uh, where you revealed how you first learned how to spot value at a young age. Can you share with our listeners about your first foray into value investing?
1: Many or you know probably all the listeners really out there are not really aware of this because it goes back quite a while. So um, way back in the uh, in the 1960s, prior to 1965, dimes, quarters, and half dollars that you you know you would see in in change, the 64 and earlier's were actually made of silver. At least 90 percent of those coins were silver. And by the early 70s, the price of silver had gone up such that those coins were worth more than their face value. So my father decided this would be a nice uh, you know, nice little side hustle for him, and he decided to start uh, bringing home his paycheck in the form of, of bags of dimes, quarters, and, and half dollars, and, and he would have myself and my siblings sort through them and pick out the, the uh, 64 and earlier's and capture that, that little premium. So that was my first, uh, at a very young age, first experience of trying to spot, uh, spot value. Uh,
0: and, and did you get a cut? Of of any of the
1: profits, it was a very very modest cut. <laughs> the the economics didn't work uh, if there was much labor cost involved, so it was a very modest cut.
0: Okay, so so we'll get into you know talking about the strategy, but let's let's start with an overview of the long short
1: strategy. Yeah, so we started the the strategy quite a while ago, early on in, in the history of Diamond Hill. Um, it's it actually started as a long only strategy, and within a year or two we decided to start uh, shorting securities uh, uh, in the long-short strategy. So at the time, there were very few funds out there that shorted stocks in mutual fund form with daily liquidity, et cetera. So adding the ability to short stocks, you know, one, it differentiated ourselves a little bit from a lot of other uh, firms out there, but but more importantly, it allowed us to express our insights into businesses and generate alpha, hopefully on, on you know, multiple ways on both the long side. Uh, And the short side. So today it's one of the longer uh, tenured long short funds in the category. Um, I think, you know, importantly, like all the strategies at Diamond Hill, we're using our intrinsic value philosophy. Um, It's clearly a long bias strategy. We've averaged around 60 percent net over long periods of time. Uh, gross exposure has typically been in the 100 to 120 kind of range. Uh, we, we hope that ends up being at the higher end of that range. We would expect it to be more like 120 uh, going forward, but again, with that similar net exposure of around
0: 60%. A lot of investors talk about value, and, and it, means, it tends to mean different things to different people. Um, one of the things about Diamond Hill is that the, the thoughts around value and intrinsic value permeates through everything that we do. So, uh, can you expand on Diamond Hill's approach to intrinsic value investing?
1: Yeah, so you know, we're evaluating business. We're considering the prospects of that business over a long period of time, which we define as at least five years, and really just applying, a, you know, a, an ownership mentality. We're trying to estimate what we think a business is worth—the present value, the future cash flows—just um, looking at what a what a rational business person would pay for the entire business, knowing, of course, that we're going to be represented by a board because just we're just going to own a, you know, a fraction of that business. So um, and trying to trying to take advantages of, of, of instances where stocks are, are trading at a discount on the long side or a premium on the short side and, and uh, you know, go, going long or short uh, with a with a margin of safety on both sides.
0: What makes this fund different uh, than the other liquid alternative strategies that are out there?
1: Yeah, so first I should probably preference you know, by saying I don't spend a lot of time on the competitors uh, out there and what they're doing, but very intentionally, very early on, uh, we wanted to make this strategy, you know, very straightforward, easy to understand. So we're trying to find longs again that are undervalued, shorts that are overvalued using no leverage, not using derivatives to to try to, you know, create exposures synthetically or anything like that. And then we're building a portfolio based on where we're finding the best opportunities, which means we're willing to look meaningfully different um, you know, than the benchmark. So each position has a, you know, has a specific thesis, uh, again, valuing businesses, trying to find these instances where we think uh, you know, business is, is mispriced in the marketplace and capture that uh, with a margin of safety.
0: And you, you just mentioned uh, the benchmark. And so one of the things with one of the challenges with liquid alternative strategies is measuring performance because uh, you're taking into account the mix of long and short positions. What is the performance objective for this strategy?
1: We're required to have a long only benchmark. So we use the Russell one as our primary benchmark. But as, it, as we discussed, the strategies average very close to 60% net exposure over a long period of time. So we think the 60-40 blended secondary benchmark we use is uh, is very appropriate and, and a great measure of how successful we are at adding value through stock selection. So this is the 60-40 blended bench is really the one we use to measure ourselves against and that's what we use to measure uh, in terms of uh, incentive comp which is measured on rolling five-year periods of time.
0: One of the things that we talk about at Diamond Hill with clients uh, is the importance of capacity discipline and how it can protect investors in a fund and, and this fund uh, was closed. Um, it's reopened. So, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the capacity of the fund and the thought process around the, the closing and then reopening.
1: Yeah, so the state of capacities, we've said for quite some time, uh, 4 to $5 billion. At one time, it got into the high fours and came back down um, over, you know, kind of the 17, 18, uh, 2017, 2018 period of time, came back down Uh, below 4 billion got into the mid threes and so at that time we thought there was enough room that we uh, wanted to reopen it so we did that the main thing is we want to keep the strategy at a size that allows us to take advantage of opportunities uh, really on the lower end of the market cap spectrum uh, on both sides and so on the long side you know we're mindful of the position relative of course to you know the company's total shares available float and so forth and on the short side uh, we're always cognizant of the level of short interest, the ability to borrow shares, the cost to borrow those shares, uh, et cetera. So all of those things uh, make it um, such that that we are comfortable in this $4 to $5 billion range, wouldn't want to get much above that.
0: So we talk about research and how important uh, the analyst team is to what we're doing here at Diamond Hill talk a little bit about your rea- your interactions with the analyst team. You know, what do those conversations sound like? And then you're also an analyst, you know, so when you're talking to other PMs about your ideas.
1: Yeah, so research is a really really important part of what we're doing at Diamond Hill. The effort I think really kicked off about 15 years ago once we started generating enough revenue and had the resources really to reinvest in the business. That was the the first place in which we did that. So Um, As you mentioned, a a big, big team now, about 30 folks uh, broken up uh, on teams by sector. So each one of them covering an industry or two. And the idea is that they're just able to be very, very narrow, very deep. And as I mentioned, you know, starting 15 years ago, we, we have some folks that have been with us for quite some time now, and, and, and they know, therefore, those, those industries and those companies very, very well. So we're having very, very frequent communication, you know, myself and the rest of the, the, uh, the strategy team, very frequent communication with uh, analysts on various uh, ideas on both sides, of course, long and short, Um, you know, there's a little bit of a back and forth, but I think the team in general is is generating, uh, the, the majority of the ideas once in a while, we'll have something that we think of and we'll go to the team and ask them to, uh, check it out, look into it. But generally speaking, it's, it's very nice, uh, to have a big team and for that team to be able to go very, very deep with the ideas.
0: And to provide some color for the listeners, you know, I sit out on the trading floor um, with the fixed income team and with the equity traders. And we have a stand-up meeting every day at 10 o'clock. And the meeting can be, you know, 30 seconds. It can be 15 minutes where we're talking about what's going on in the marketplace. And earnings season definitely is much busier. Uh, and then, you know, people sp- spin out into their separate teams. And, you know, they have the informal conversations every day. So that's just to, to give listeners a little more understanding of what, what some of the ad hoc conversations are that go on. So the equity market is, is huge. Um, you know, what are you looking for when you're considering investment ideas? And does the process differ when you're considering a long position versus a short position?
1: Yeah, so on both sides, for sure, we're looking for businesses that we think we understand, we have a decent grasp of the fundamentals, we can estimate cash flows within at least a reasonable range of outcomes, things like that. So on the long side, you know, the the resilience of a business, the competitive position, uh, barriers to entry, moats, if you will, uh, things like that are are extremely important considerations. And, you know, conversely on the short side, we're looking for, for really a lack of, of those things um, along with, you know, maybe a little bit more sensitivity to financial leverage, operating leverage, businesses that may be sort of secularly uh, challenged, uh, things like that uh, on the short side. So um, again, uh, pretty much looking at things the same way and trying to find, you know, discounts, premiums, margins and safeties, as we've discussed on both sides.
0: So, Chris, how does the, the concentration of the long-short strategy, you're looking at 40 to 60 long positions and, you know, anywhere from 25 to 45 short positions, how does that concentration impact how you think about position sizing?
1: Yeah, so again, that 4 to $5 billion we think, is, is the right sort of level of capacity for us, and we're just below the low end of that right now. Uh, both sides of the portfolio, the position size is really a function of the discount or the premium uh, to our estimate of intrinsic value and the level of conviction we have uh, in the position. So largest positions, as you would expect, tend to be trading at wider discounts to our estimates of fair value and, and conversely the opposite um, on the short side. So currently, the average position size on the long side is around 1.8. On the short side, it's around 0.7, which, again, is consistent. You know, if you think about having roughly 50 longs at 1.8, that's about 90% gross. uh, Long and 40 shorts, you know, you get close to 30% gross short. Again, you total that's 120 gross, 60 net. So that's just a way to think about sort of in terms of averages and kind of that baseline uh, uh, level of exposure on the gross and net side.
0: The strategy uh, is one of the first strategies that we had here at Diamond Hill. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, it's been around almost uh, 20 years, so a lot of things have happened over those 20 years. Have you refined the process
1: over time as the markets have changed and shifted? Yeah, I would say the main refinement, really, from my perspective, is a bit more sensitivity to fundamentals and maybe a little bit less focus on valuation. You know, you're always thinking about both of those things, You can't really completely separate them but again a bit more sensitivity on fundamentals and and away from valuation over time. We've done some some work in looking backwards and and, um, trying to figure out where we've had success and made mistakes. In the last couple years we've had a a, a few short positions that worked against us um, in a meaningful way. I think our overall hit rate was pretty good uh, and more often than not, we had shorts that were underperforming the market while we had them in the, in the, uh, in the strategy, uh, but a few of them really hurt us, and so I think the mistake there was really just complacency around fundamentals and, and thinking too much about valuation, and, and really we kind of refer to them as fundamental traps, you know, as opposed to a value trap where you, you we're taking comfort in the valuation, but the fundamentals just continue to come in uh, stronger than we anticipated, so we're we're trying to be very, very aware of that and uh, react to those uh, a little bit more quickly if the if the fundamentals aren't developing the way we expected them to.
0: So, what type of uh, environments do you think the strategy does well in, and and will do poorly in?
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you if you've gone back 10 years, you know, and you knew the market was going to do what it did over the last 10 years. Uh, this would be a tough strategy to sort of keep up with the market. No, you know no doubt about it. So um, you know a market where uh, there you know maybe lower returns is definitely uh, more conducive to sort of you know keeping up with that uh, you know that kind of uh, market and that and that sort of environment. So um, you know really where we are today, I think is a much more conducive uh, environment to keeping up with the benchmarks just, Given where valuations are, uh, especially if you normalize for profit, corporate profit margins, I think it's it's pretty uh, difficult to see a market, f- you know, over the next three, five, ten years that does anything close to what it did in the past ten years. So I think prospectively, it'll be a much easier sort of environment to keep up with long-only benchmarks, uh, even using you know our our 60% net exposure.
0: So we've covered a lot of different areas. How the funds. Put together what we think about with research and our investment process uh, i'll ask you a question now from the client side how do you feel clients should utilize a strategy like long short in their overall asset allocation where does it where does it fit for them
1: yeah I, and i think we hear from advisors and, and people think about it you know different ways uh, you know so it's it's tough really to to pinpoint how different folks use it out there but clearly uh, folks who have a little bit more sensitivity to volatility, especially downside volatility, uh, I think would be candidates to to use this uh, in their in their asset allocation. Again, I think uh, we just got through a tough period of time uh, to keep up with long only benchmarks, but I think prospectively uh, things will look quite a bit different. So it seems like it could be a, a strategy that's well suited for a number of different clients out there.
0: Thank you, Chris, for joining me. I appreciate it. It was very
1: insightful. Uh,
0: And hopefully you'll be willing to come back and do this again at some point.
1: Thanks, I Appreciate it.
0: This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by Diamond Hill Capital Management. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. These opinions are not intended to be a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, or investment advice. Reliance upon this information is at the sole discretion of the listener. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal.